0: Hey, this is Jeremy McCrory and this is the Run for Jesus podcast, a ministry podcast that will help you run the race of faith in your Christian life like never before. Now it happened while that while Jesus was praying in a certain place after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us our daily bread. And forgive us our sins. For we ourselves also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not to temptation. Then he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and goes to him at midnight and asks of him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me from a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And from inside he answers and says, Do not bother me, the door has already been shut, and my children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything, because he is his friend, because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who finds, he who seeks, finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Now suppose one of your fathers is asked by a son for a fish. He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? Or if he is asked for an egg, he will not give him a scorpion, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? There's a great power that you and I have as we look at what the Lord will do. Now, if you're looking for that passage, that's Luke 11, in the first 13 verses of Luke 11. And so... We begin to look at what the Lord can do. But we begin to look at the audience that we have when we pray. The audience with the Lord that we have. When God's people go to the Lord in humility, and they go to the Lord seeking wisdom and seeking direction and seeking answers for life's difficult moments and, and just understanding for the confusing parts and and just trying to figure out which way to go, we have an audience with the Lord through prayer and His Word, the Bible. The Word of God in the hand of us is a mighty thing, because it brings about understanding, it brings about encouragement, it brings about love, mercy, grace, all those things and more that are there for us. Yet how many of us don't seek the Word of God as we ought to? Don't look to Him for direction. Don't ask of Him as we're looking for answers. The Holy Spirit is afforded to us. And prayer is the way we communicate to Him. How many of you pray in that way? How many of you pray a prayer such as that one? Oftentimes, people say, where do I begin and where do I start? The Lord's Prayer is a wonderful way to start to learn how to pray. For God's will, God's leadership in your life. It's a great way that you don't know what to say. Because sometimes we're so heartbroken. We're so dealing with life difficulties and overwhelmed. We're just trying to find answers. We might not even know what to say. Looking for the wisdom of the Lord. For God's kingdom to come. To give us what we need just for that day. To forgive us of what we've done. Our sins. And help us to forgive others. Don't lead us into temptation. Deliver us from evil. Because it's God's kingdom anyway. Right? Amen? Amen. So, we are supposed to have faith. Our passage this evening is going to be in Matthew chapter 13. So if you want to turn there, Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13 leads us to a familiar portion in Matthew 13. Matthew 13's teaching in parables. He taught to large crowds in parables in ways that, that would communicate to them, but also it was something of a broke experience for His disciples. The ones who intimately knew Him, behind the scenes they would say, okay, tell us what this means. And so He used to Faith. He used the kingdom of God in these passages. We're going to look at verse 31 of chapter 13 of Matthew, and he's talking about a mustard seed. And he's talking about faith as small as a mustard seed can grow and grow and grow and become large. Something so small, seemingly insignificant, placed in the right frame of mind, in the right soil, in the right Way can grow rather large. Let's look at this. Verse 31, it says, He presented another parable to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. And this is a smaller than the other, all other seeds. When it is full grown, it is larger than the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. So, with faith... We understand something as small in our lives as our faith at times weak and growing, maturing. God's using us. God's moving in us. He can accomplish far greater things in our lives if we lend Him all that we are. If we live Him and seek His Word and His wisdom, if we're planted in the right ground, doing the right things, He will grow us in such a manner for His kingdom's sake. So one of the things that it really brings about in my life, and I hope that it brings about in your life, is to ask the question this way. How strong is your faith this evening? We get so enamored and worried about the little list of details. And sometimes we get so worried about it, we think they're insignificant. But everything that's on our heart that troubles us, we can bring to the Lord, can't we? Everything that we're struggling with and confused about and don't know which way to go, we can come to the Lord for clarity and understanding. Everything that's going good in our lives, we can come to the Lord. So this this evening, I've, I've entitled this sermon this evening, I promise i will get to it The mountain mover So we look at what the Lord can do Within the lives that we have And some of us might say well, The Lord couldn't possibly use little old me I've burned too many bridges I've gone too many directions I shouldn't go I've made too many choices That, that I've left so many things that were But God is not like you and me he can do what no one can with the smallest of faith. He can do great things. He likens it into this the kingdom of God. Matthew 17 20 says this Because he said to because of the littleness of your faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say that this mountain. Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. In other words, you and I can look at the trouble in front of us, and we can lend ourselves to our faith, and we can have all faith and understanding that God's going to do what God can do, what only He can do, and it's going to happen. See, we see this time and again. We see it where... Where, we, where we're in a boat and the boats rocking back and forth and he calls Peter to step out of the boat, right? What happens? As long as he keeps his eyes on who, he stays afloat. Jesus. As long as he understands, I just want to get to him that he might leave me. I want to get to him. Is that you, Lord? I'm coming to you. It didn't make sense, does it? Faith doesn't always make sense to people around us. Those that were in the boat, and what? What is this crazy guy doing now? The only thing he was fixated on is the savior in front of him. And he said, I'm going to get out of the boat. And I have faith. And when he hit the water, what happened? He began to look around, and he began going down. But even when he looked around, and even when he started sinking down, who did he call on? He called on Jesus, and Jesus did what? Say good luck to you. He didn't say that, did he? Not in my Bible, at least. Uh, he didn't say that. He reached down and he grabbed him and continued to work with him. So many of us have mountains in our lives. Physical mountains sometimes. If you ever been to a physical mountain, I've been on a mountain time and again. One of the first times I was coming to a mountain, we were going to hike this mountain and get to the top. Then we were going to strap ourselves in and we were going to jump and bounce down the side of that mountain. So I wasn't quite sure what that meant, I wasn't understanding what was going on, but there was somebody with us that knew everything. We had a guide with us that knew the direction we needed to go on the path that we were going to get the direction of where we were going so that we could strap ourselves in and trust this guy yet again when he jumped down the mountain to stand off of this ledge, to lean back on that thing so that we might come down. Now, can you imagine, I I know it's very hard, but can you imagine me not really thinking, what I've got myself into and not being a little shaky because I've never done anything like this before and so I'm looking over the ledge I'm looking at somebody that I haven't known long enough and I'm saying can this guy with his two hands leaning back hold all of me as I lean back over a ledge that I've never been on before and trust him to get to where I'm going can I do that and, and he's like, sure you can do that. Most of the people that come, I take a lot of the military and people, they just run down like this. I said, this won't be me. I'm going to take it a little bit slower because I'm not sure what lies ahead. Sometimes we say, well, well God, I love you and I know you love me and I know you accept me. And I know you have given your life for me. But you don't see this big problem in front of my face, this worry that consumes me. And then he says, day by day, if you'll just follow me, I'll lead you. If you'll just seek my word, I'll give you understanding. If you just trust me, I'll get you down and through that hurdle, that mountain that you can't see the other side of. The Lord says, What? Trust me, I've been there. I've walked that road. And I know the strength that you need is the strength that I have. And most of us, when we come to something of a magnitude like a mountain, or a difficulty, or a hardship, or a sickness, or death in our life, we come to all of these things and we don't know what to do. Many of us evaluate what when it comes to times like that. We evaluate our closeness to God and we look at our obedience and all of that. One unbelievable fact has stood true in my life, and I pray that you have experienced in your life as well. God's Word and His promises have never failed, and here's what's important for you to understand on this evening. They won't start now, and they won't start with you. Well, you don't know what I did, preacher. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what I'm thinking. You don't know what I'm doing. You don't know. says, you don't know what I said to my friends. You don't know what's going on in my life. You don't know what I'm scared about. You don't know what, what I've been through. You don't know all of these things. I might not know all of those things, but we have a God who does. And His Word and His promises never fail. And they're not going to start with you and they're not going to start tonight. What we have to remember is God is all-knowing, all-present, and always with us. And He's willing to do what we need and to do as we approach the difficult moments in life. All we have to do is come to Him in prayer. All we have to do is search His Word and we will find what? Truth! Direction! Understanding! Forgiveness! Grace! Grace! Mercy! We'll we'll see exactly what He thinks of us. That we are a treasure we're dying for. That even when you and I were sinners, as worst as we can be, he still died for us. So his promises have not failed. They will not begin with us. So on this evening, what do you identify as your mountain? What do you identify in your heart that you're struggling with the most or that is presented in front of you maybe you didn't even expect it? Because sometimes it just comes out of nowhere and knocks the wind out of us. One day we're, we're walking as we ought to, doing the things of the Lord as we ought to, and it just takes us and hits us in the stomach. I look at it like this, and I correlate it like this. There was once a man, in 1 Samuel 17, in 1 Samuel 17, there was once a man who had a battle with a giant, he saw in front of him exactly what he was going to do. But he was just a kid, he was just a boy, nobody took any stock in him. And we see within this passage here, in 1 Samuel 17, we hear Goliath, and he's spewing all The Lord's people and the Lord himself. And this young man who is carrying a sandwich to his brothers is now what? He's saying, I'll do it. He's not going to do this to my God. I have faith. So David accepts the challenge. With all of these things going on. They're defying Israel. They're defying God. Verse 26. Then David spoke to the men who were standing by him, saying, What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should taunt the armies of the living God? The people answered. They said, answered him in accord with this word, saying, Thus it will be done for the man who kills him. And so he says over and over, so David in verse 31 goes here. This is David. It says, When the words which David spoke were heard, They told them to Saul. And he said for him, David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail on account of him. Your servant will go and fight with the Philistine. Then then Saul said to David, you are not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him. For you are but a youth, while he has been a warrior from his youth. Look, that was a, a time where he was told, look, you're too little, too inexperienced. You don't have what it takes to overcome this mighty of a man. You don't have what it takes. And then he responds to him. Now this is Saul. This is, this is the one that's leading everything here. And he says this. He says, The David said to Saul, your servant was tending his father's sheep. When a lion or bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I went out after him and attacked him and rescued it from his mouth. And when he rose up against me, I seized him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be just like one of them, since he has taunted the armies of the living God. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the call of the lion, from the call of the bear, will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Can y'all imagine what he just said there? He said, God who delivered me will deliver me again. I will not stand for this. And then seeing that, Saul said to him, Go, and may the Lord be with you. Then he tried to put all this armor, he tried to put all these things on, and it just didn't work out. So what did he do in verse 40? He took his stick in his hand and chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in the shepherd's bag which he had, even in his pouch. And his sling was in his hand and he approached the Philistine. And so this Philistine starts mouthing off to him. This Philistine starts talking to him like he's talked to all of the other of God's people, and he starts saying, "Have you just thinking I'm a dog that you send this young man to me? What are you thinking?" Then David said to him, he said this, You come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted. This day, the Lord will deliver you up into my hands, and I will strike you down, and remove your head from you, and I will give the dead bodies of the armies of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel and that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not deliver by sword or by spear, spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. He goes on to strike him. It says there in verse 48 says, didn't happen when the Philistine rose up and came and drew near to meet David. Then David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine, and David put his hand into his bag and took from it a stone and slung it, and struck the Philistine in his forehead, and the stone sank into his forehead, and he fell to the ground. Thus David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, and he struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in his hand. The Lord delivered him in that moment.
1: He had prepared him ahead of time, right?
0: Every time opposition came up, he took care of the sheep, didn't he? Every time the Lord prepared him for this, and even at that pivotal moment when he was bringing his brother something to eat, he said, this will not stand, and my Lord will take care of me. How has the Lord will not be bigger than us, because our God is greater, right? So the Word is invaluable to those of us who will use it to grow, to fight, and to conquer. But make no no bones about it. It's the Lord that does the work. It's the Lord that delivers. And it's the Lord that helps us conquer what's directly in front of us that we can't get around To this mountain, God has to first stir and move in us. To move this mountain that's ahead of us, He has to take us from where we are to where He wants us to be. And maybe all that you see right now, maybe all that we see right now is the burden, the struggle, the temptation, the addiction, the thing that's in front of us, the hurdle that's ahead of us, the mountain before us, the giant that stands there, maybe we can't see anything else. God has to stir and move in us. Because out of everything, David could have said, you know what, I've done what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to deliver this food, and I'm going to go back home. Or when Saul came to him and said, you can't possibly do this. And he said, the Lord is going to do this. He could have turned around every time. But he said, God has and will deliver me. And I know that God has and will deliver you and I today. I promise you he will. See, the mountain ahead of us should tremble at the faith and the mighty strength of the Holy Spirit within us. It's within each and every one of us who entrust our lives to Jesus Christ, who lived, who died, and rose again, gives us the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit, gives us the ability. Many times we look at it this way and we we know up here, right? But sometimes we live as if the opposite is true. Whereas in many cases we cower and shudder at the enormity of the mountain. You know, there's been many times in my own life where I've found myself at the foot of a mountain. In the face of a giant that would not move. There's been times in my life where I have struggled with the grips of anxiety and depression. There's been times in my life that I have struggled with indecision and things that I ought to do. There's been times in my life where i have allowed for others to define what I'm doing. There's been times in my life where I've got diagnoses diagnosis that I didn't know what to do. That only prayer and God's direction got me through. There's been times where opposition has rose up against my faith. And I had to stand and I had to do things which weren't fun. There's been times where I faced a giant face to face. And without the power, the might, the strength of the Lord, I wouldn't be standing here right now. I guarantee you. Because I tell you, if it's not God in me, it's not worth doing at all. And I've looked at the giant. And I kind of feel like David sometimes. You're not going to talk about the Lord like that. There's strength in the power of the Holy Spirit to deliver you and I from any mountain, giant, or anything that comes in opposition in front of us. It requires faith. It requires us to look to God's Word. It requires prayer, vibrant prayer, and courage. It requires for us to be bold in our faith. Even if no one else is standing, we're still standing and doing what the Lord has called us to do. So on this evening, I have several things to ask, and I hope that you ask of yourselves. How healthy is your prayer and Bible study? How, How healthy is that in your life? See, for me, it's coffee in the morning with the Lord. Now, I know that need coffee. I got that. I need the coffee. The Lord comes to speak to me. As I open His Word and as I look through the richness of what Scripture has to offer, as I pray to Him and He speaks and governs and guides me, sometimes we talk all day. Sometimes He works in and through saying "Just just trust me through this. Just trust me through this. Just trust me through this. How healthy is your prayer and Bible study? We notice safely within Scripture, it seems like many of Jesus' own disciples had weaker faith at times. How strong is your faith at the present time? Maybe I should back up from that and say, how strong is the Holy Spirit in your life at the present time? Because our faith is weak and small, but the Lord is mighty and ferocious. And He is stronger than we ever understand. See, sometimes we try to put human abilities on a God who is unlimited and limitless. And we try to say, well, the Lord can't do this. The Lord can do anything He wants to do. His might and power is boundless by... Nothing that we can ever fathom or understand. And he can do very much what he promises he will do. How strong is your faith? Next, I want to ask you how close to him are you as you face these battles. The mountains in your pathway out close to God with us. In the midst of a battle, in the midst of looking at a giant in front of us or a mountain in front of us or a difficulty in front of us, a lot of times we go worrisome and frazzled and we head and cower and worry over here and it gets us down and downtrodden and beaten. But I'm telling you, our God is mightier than our biggest problem. Our God is mightier than our greatest temptation. And our God will deliver you from whatever you're fighting with against today. Because... If you stay close to Him, His nearness is felt by you. Yes. If you and I go to God every day and say, God, Your Word promises I'm going to pray to You for Your will to be done. You know, when we say, hey, Jan, we're saying everything we said before that, God, I know You're here, but I want Your will to be done. If my prayer was selfish today, I want Your will to be done because I want Your best in my life. I will face battles that I cannot do on my own, but I know that You can, God. So we look at this as we face the battles as we face the mountains David's response to the people of God was to stand up against any anyone of the opposition because he was fully reliant on God for everything. See he knew that God had given him the ability to overcome the bear, the lion and would certainly deliver him from this Philistine. So with a sling and five smooth stones God used David to overcome How much more do you think he could do in your life if you trusted him like that? Father God, we come on this evening. God, we deal with so many challenges, so many difficulties, so many mountains, so many hardships, so many temptations, God, so many things that get in the way and get us off course God we get deal with so many setbacks so many difficulties so many things that come and punch us in the gut so to speak God that we didn't see coming and knock us off of our feet but God you are stronger you are mightier and your word tells us that if our faith is strong and our faith is in you we can say to that mountain move and it will move we can go against that giant and fight that giant will fall every time. Father, your word reminds us that sometimes we don't have it because we don't ask for it. So God, right now, we're asking for you to move. We're asking for you to help fight this giant that's ahead of us. For you to help move this mountain. For you to help us overcome today and remind us that we are loved and cared for and that you are greater still. And anything we face and anything that will come, God, you are faithful. Your promises have not, will not ever fail. So God, on this day, we say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for being the one that we can rely upon and trust in when the whole world seemingly stands in the wrong direction. Father God, I pray that you reach to us even now. Deliver us from what we're struggling with. Help us to see you and seek you at all this time, God, that you might rise up within us. Courageous and bold lead us to do all that you've called us to do. Father God, I pray as the altar is open. God, as I'm standing here, that if someone needs to know you as Lord and Savior, God, today is that day that they take that burden in their life, that sin in their life, that dead in their life, and they give it to an almighty God and save and forgive them and redeem them from all that they've been through. Father God, we are not one of us good enough, but it's because of your great love and ability to forgive that you say. Father God, many of us are dealing with these battles day in and day out, and we're not resting, we're not sleeping, we're not at peace. And God, maybe we need to be reminded that greater are you than anything in this world. There's nothing worth compromising over. So maybe today, we need to be fully reliant on your strength and might, more so than ever before. Maybe we need to come to the altar and drop our burden, our mountain, our giant, all of that at your feet, God. And we need to stand up and grab the Bible more than we do anything else. We need to stand up and pray harder than we ever have before. Father, you will be with us and you will fight for us. And nothing will stand when you're fighting. So God, I pray today that you move in our hearts and minds and souls. Like none ever before. And we give the glory right back to you. It's in your name we do prayer. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Run for Jesus Podcast with Jeremy McCrory. Tune in next time for more relevant sermons and ministry helps to help you run the race of faith in your Christian life like never before.